Election day is creeping ever closer for Arizona's midterms. And if you're still filling out your ballot or plan to vote on November 8th, you're probably still researching who you want to cast your ballot for. The gaggle and the Arizona Republic's political team are connecting with candidates so you can hear them make their case to voters in their words. This is a continuation of our special bonus series of the gaggle throughout the voting period. I'm Kaylee Monahan, one of the producers for this podcast. In this bonus gaggle episode, we are taking a slight detour and speaking with our education reporters about school board elections, including the candidates, their responsibilities, and why their role is so important to Arizona's education system. You will hear our K-12 reporter, Yana Kunachov, speaking with our Arizona schools reporter, Renata Kla. You will hear Yana speaking first. I'm really happy to have Hanada here because I think that school board races are so important. And a lot of the time, I think people are paying attention to the race in their community, but they're not really looking at like the overall trends about school board races or what they can tell us about this moment in education. So excited to talk to you about that. Me too. School board races are very important. School board members are in charge of ensuring the quality of education children are getting in our public school districts. And so voters, as they go down the ballot, should really pay attention to those candidates. One thing that I've noticed from your really detailed coverage of school board Q&As and then just like watching races in general is that it feels like partisanship is at an all-time high all over the place. Are you seeing a similar trend playing out at the school board level? We all know that school board members are supposed to be nonpartisan offices, but some of these candidates' proposals really reflect the intense cultural wars we are seeing all over the place, right? Chris Hamlet, who is running for a seat in Mesa, for example, has defended the dismantling of the Arizona Department of Education. He's also said he's against the district's transgender program, which aims to offer LGBTQ inclusion in Mesa public schools. And there is also Brian Parks, who is running for a seat on the Liberty Elementary District, who said he believes every election since the Kennedy assassination has been tampered with. And are these candidates, are they representative of a broader trend? Like, are we seeing this across the board or are they sort of outliers? No, they are not alone. Uh, Many school board candidates have either declined to answer questions about the election results or come out saying that they do not believe in them. We also have multiple candidates who, when answering a questionnaire I sent them, said they do not support the concept of equity. And equity, for our listeners, is the idea that we don't all have the same starting point in life. And so sometimes we and systems have to treat people differently to ensure those fair outcomes. You're completely correct. We have Christy Alman, who is running for a seat in Kareen, who went as far as saying that equity has no place in classrooms. So the hope in school board races is that those members represent the community. So can you talk to me a little bit about how there's sort of built-in elements that help ensure that in general? Yes. The school board members have to live in, in the districts they serve. But the Hispanic population in Chandler has increasing a lot in the last few years. We only have one Latino candidate for the board, which is Patty Serrano. And if she's elected, she's going to be the first Latina to serve in the board. Right. And I think the bigger context also is that 
60% of students in Arizona's public schools are students of color. So I, I wonder how representative school boards are of their communities. Most school governing boards are not representative of the communities they serve. For my reporting on these races, I can say that most candidates are white. And that's not necessarily surprising because there have been several instances when school board members who are people of color were targeted with vitriol. The Republic published a story last December about how school leaders of color were already facing personal attacks long before COVID-19 and recent discussions about how history or race should be taught in schools. Frankly, these discussions have only made matters worse. We have Tara Armstead, who was the only black board member in the Litchfield Elementary District. She quit after only a few months on the job after she faced backlash over equity measures she defended. And then we also have Lindsay Love in Chandler, who was the first black woman to be elected to the office in her community. And she announced she's not running for re-election because of the harassment she has faced. So when people do win election, what do school board members do? So school board members set all policies and procedures, including disciplinary measures and staffy duties that govern district schools. Uh, the superintendent, who is hired by school board members and evaluated by them, is in charge of enacting these policies and procedures. I think some of what has been really controversial is like what students are learning. So what role does the school board have in that work? The State Board of Education is actually the agency responsible for setting all standards and guidelines for all curriculum adopted in the state. They are so intricate and detailed that most of them, most districts, rely on the Arizona Association of School Board Members. They pretty much adopt policy models and curriculum. They buy from them and training, and they adopt them based on standards of the State Board of Education. Additionally, boards are in charge of district solvency, which includes paying for building maintenance, purchasing furniture, equipment, books, and school supplies, as well as paying staff and approving general expenses. And finally, school boards are in charge of managing and controlling school property, including funding renovations, upgrades, and the construction of new facilities. And given that there's so much sort of existential conversation that is happening these days at school board meetings, can you lay out what school board members are not in charge of? There are a lot of things that are outside of their control. That's true. For one, board members cannot vote to remove a fellow board member, which is something we saw last year in Scottsdale. There are only three ways for board members to be ousted from their seats. They can resign. Voters can ga gather signatures to recall them, or a judge can order their removal if they broke the law. Board members also cannot make public health decisions against the law. Governor Doug Ducey signed bills recently prohibiting mask and COVID-19 vaccine mandates in public schools. So those are things school board members don't have a say on. School boards also follow vaccine requirements set by the state health department, and currently K-12 through students in Arizona are required to be vaccinated against hepatitis B, polio, measles, mumps, rubella, chickenpox, tetanus, and some other diseases. 
And finally, board members are not allowed to remove topics the State Board of Education requires from the curriculum. A recent example includes a bill that passed last year that requires Arizona students to learn about the Holocaust and other genocides. How can Arizonans be the most informed voters possible for school board races? The easiest way is going to the AZ Central website where I publish Q&As with many board candidates about their positions on K-12 education topics and also checking other stories that we have up there on these races. Thank you so much. It has been really helpful to get a sense of both what's happening on the ground but also what this tells us about the future of education in Arizona writ large. Well, thank you, Yana, and thank you for all you do as well, since you have quite the extensive coverage on the superintendent of education's uh, proposals, these elections, and the governor's education policy stories coming up, too. It's a lot of big ballot questions around education, so always reach out to us if you have any other questions. You can follow me on Twitter at Yanazur, so that's at Y-A-N-A-Z-U-R-E. And you should also definitely join our Facebook page. Just search for a group by AZ Center on Facebook called Arizona Education Community. And you can also follow me on Twitter. My handle is Renata Claw. That's R-E-N-A-T-A-C-L-O. And that concludes this bonus episode of the Gaggle's 2022 midterm Q&As. Special thanks to our reporters Yana and Renata for filling us in on school board elections. You can follow the Gaggle and all our podcasts online at AZC Podcasts. You can follow me at Kaylee Monahan. That's K-A-E-L-Y-M-O-N-A-H-A-N. And don't forget to subscribe to The Gaggle wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for more candidate Q&As by The Gaggle and the Arizona Republic.